hello, hello. It's Dorothy Polarski. Um, so glad to see you here. It's a Catholic Moms Group um, having our virtual meetup. And some of you know me from way back when. Some of you are just meeting me today. I'm really, really thrilled that you're here. And as you join the meeting, I would like you to say hello in the chat. So if you could say hello, right like that, and just say, hi, I am from Poland. I am from Egypt. I am from France. What parish are you from? Oh, hello from Dallas. That's a good friend. Vicenta, <laughs> uh, hello. Uh, Dina Manzo from uh, Danbury, Connecticut. Hi from St. Catherine of Siena. Liz Garcia from St. Dominic's Parish. Hello from Fort Collins. Hello from Toronto. Uh, hello from Massachusetts. Hello from Holy Family. I love hearing from you guys, okay? Uh, nothing makes me happier than to see you say hello, tell us what parish you're from. We like these sessions to be dynamic, and we like these <laughs> sessions to be fun, and we like you to leave fired up. Um, so for those of you that know me, it's Dorothy Polarski from DorothyPolarski.com. And uh, some of you are from our mother's ministry at CatholicMomsGroup.com. And some of you are from our Dynamic Women of Faith Conference. Um, love hearing from you all. I don't know whether some of you may have read my book, Motherhood Matters, whether some of you may have uh, read uh, Colleen's book, Dressing with Dignity. I am going to take a few minutes just to tell you about our ministry, because after all, that's what we're here. Um, we're here. Why are we here? I always like to ask the question, why are we meeting here? Well, we're meeting here for three reasons. Number one, we want to pray with you, okay? Uh, number two reason that we're here, we want to inspire you, and we want you to meet an incredibly dynamic, professional, incredible, fun-loving um, friend of mine who is both a friend, a professional associate, and uh, I love her to pieces, uh, Colleen Collins, Colin, Colleen Hammond. <laughs> Sorry. Um, so let's begin with a short prayer in the name of the Father and the Son and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Dear Lord, we know that whenever two or more are gathered in your name, that you are present. And so we acknowledge your presence. We rejoice in your presence. Uh, we thank you for this incredible opportunity. We ask uh, that the Holy Spirit join us today in a mighty and forceful way. Um, we thank you for all the women that have uh, joined us today. We turn to our Blessed Mother and we ask you to wrap your loving arms around each and every mom that has signed on today. Um, so we're going to pray uh, a Hail Mary, and we're praying this Hail Mary for you, okay? Hail Mary, full of grace, grace the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Uh, most, of you, most of you that know me know that I always pray three Hail Marys, so let's just pray uh, two more. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. 
Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. Hail Mary, full of grace, the Lord is with thee. Blessed art thou among women, and blessed is the fruit of thy womb, Jesus. Holy Mary, Mother of God, pray for us sinners now and at the hour of our death. Amen. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Uh, hello, Vicenta. She says, I loved dressing with dignity. I bought several copies to give away to friends, um, which is fantastic. So just in a second, I'm going to throw, uh, throw up on the screen three slides just to tell you a little bit about our ministry. And so um, here we go. Our ministry, I would love if you could follow us on uh, Facebook or on Instagram, is I Love My Catholic Moms Group. We hold an annual conference called the Dynamic Women of Faith Conference. Um, in 2011, Colleen joined us for that conference, and she spoke at the Calling All Girls event, too. We have incredible memories running around at the Four Seasons Hotel, <laughs> and running around the Eaton Center, uh, taking photographs. Uh, Colleen is... Uh, just such a joy to be around. Uh, so please do follow us on Catholic Moms. Uh, we do depend on donations. So if you're motivated at all, please, uh, or if you enjoy the session, please uh, do make a donation. We are on a mission to revive the vocation of motherhood. And we do so primarily by starting mothers groups. Um, I've had my own mother's group for uh, 23 years, and we have helped over 40 parishes start Catholic moms groups. We have, have created a lot of different resources. We've created a publication called How to Start a Mother's Group. We have a 52 studies for uh, individuals or mother's groups. We have a mother's group starter kit. We've got a workshop and we're just getting a webinar together on how to start a mother's group. We also host a, a Catholic mom summit and the Calling All Girls of it. So we are busy, busy, busy. Um, I, we, we've got mother's groups in the United States. Um, Catholic, our summit, we've had women from all over the world join our summit. So we are just thrilled that you're with us here today. Um, I know some of you are saying, Dorothy, when are you going to shut up? I want to hear Colleen. <laughs> so uh, I want to introduce you to Colleen. Um, Colleen is the founder of the Total Image Institute. She's a former on-camera meteorologist for the Weather Channel. She helps women craft their personal brand She's been an actress, she's been a model, she's been, she is an award-winning author. She even has a photograph with Reagan. Uh, I think it's Reagan, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 <laughs> uh, so welcome, Colleen, welcome to our, what an honor to have you here. Um, Colleen, I know that, you know, at one point in your career, you left it all to be a stay-at-home mom and you were a stay-at-home mom for numbers of year, a number of years. Can you tell me, Colleen, what does the vocation of motherhood mean to you? 
Well, when I was working at the Weather Channel, it didn't mean very much. <laughs> you know, for me, it was just career, career, career. And, you know, I was 23. I was the top of my game. And, and I was actually negotiating with the NBC Today show to uh, be the first woman to do weather on any of the morning shows. Um, and that's when I was pregnant with my oldest. And I fully intended to go back to work, had hired an au pair, made all the arrangements. And then the moment, you know, you give birth, they don't tell you. First of all, they don't tell you about all the blood, but they don't tell you. <laughs> they don't tell you what all that oxytocin is going to do in your bloodstream and how it turns you into this ferocious bear that will like literally claw somebody if they try to come near your child, you know? And so, I mean, they, they put this 11 and a half pound baby in my arms, you know, and I looked down at him and I went, nobody's going to touch this child. And I did not know how to process these feelings and, and these emotions. And I thought, oh, it's postpartum, it'll go away. And it just grew stronger. Um, and then I was left with this dilemma where negotiating to, to go to the Today Show and big six-figure income. And, and I, I couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. So my husband and I sat down and figured out how we could afford for me to stay home. And and I went in and, and I canceled all the negotiations and quit my job. <laughs> and, you know, it was, that was hard enough as it was, but within uh, six months, my husband lost his job. Oh, so then there was the added temptation of now do I go back to work? But I just felt that, you know, when, when you have a child, there's, it's not a, it's not a car, you know, it's not a possession, it's a soul. And you have this monumental, the hand that rocks the cradle really does rule the world. And you have this monumental gift of motherhood that is also an obligation and um, joyful, but stressful at the same time. So those are everything that I was going through. And so my husband, just, I said, no, nah, I'm sorry, you're just going to have to find something else. So at nine months, he still hadn't, you know, my son was nine months old. So my husband and I had both been unemployed at that point for three months. We were on food stamps. We were in government assistance. So we went from two massive six-figure incomes down to food stamps within six months. Wow. Um, so it was a struggle. It wasn't easy. And I was often tempted to call back up and say, I'll, you know, because negotiations take a while. Um, and, you know, just to go back to work. But I just couldn't do it. I just couldn't do it. You know, it, it would have been easy, especially, you know, how it is with a first child. You don't, you don't know really what you have here, you know, and it's, it grows and grows. Because at first it's just, it's something that cries and nurses and you have to change diapers, you know? So the temptation was there, but the logical part of my mind said, no, this is way too important. You know, you just, you just need to devote yourself to this. And deep down inside, I knew at a later date. And also, you know, I had, luckily for me, there was women around me, although I didn't have the advantage of a mom's group that like, I'm so just thrilled that you're doing this, Dorothy. But um, that I had friends around me that were like, don't worry about it. And when, when the children are older and, and they're out and you're an empty nester, you can still do all that stuff. Yeah. You know, maybe not necessarily get back into television, but there's still plenty of things you can do. 
Yeah, and, and you know, your story and I are, are, are similar in a lot of ways. I was delivering corporate seminars across Canada, the United States, delivering seminars in Australia and New Zealand and Hawaii, uh, you know, seminars on how to have a successful image and how to deliver good customer service and um, how to negotiate and how to and how to and how to. And then after I had my daughter, Monica, I thought, you know, does it make any sense for me to jump on an airplane to deliver a seminar in Calgary on how to be successful, you know, in business to 200 women and then broker my child to somebody else, my little baby, and have them care for her? And it just didn't make sense, right? right. And um, I was criticized for it. Everyone says, like, you know, like, gosh, what are you doing? You know, you've got this incredible career, but I just couldn't do it. I'd yeah. stare out the window looking at the you know daycare that was down the street and I would sob. I'm like, <laughs> I waited too long for this baby. Um, anyway, I, I love, I love, it's such an honor, you know, just seeing your beautiful face and hearing you're just such an honor. Um, you, you, read, you have written an incredible book, um, you know, Dressing with Dignity. Um, there are, <laughs> I was reading, rereading parts of it, you know, Pope Pius XII told Christian Catholic mothers that they must preserve intact that natural instinct of modesty that God has given to their sons and daughters. He said that mothers must help their children pass through adolescence like those who pick their way among serpents so that their children will make it through that period without losing anything of the joy of innocence. Colleen, tell us what led to you writing this book. You know, I love this book. You know, there are parts of it I don't necessarily agree with or practice, but that's what I love about you, is that we can talk about those things. But um, what led you to write this book and how did it come to be? Well, first of all, the book is kind of, it's like, okay, these are what we strive for. These are ideals. It's just like being Catholic. It's just like being a good Christian. It's why we go to confession because we all fall short in the sight of God, right? So, you know, and it, it's, it, it, you know, so I've been highly criticized. It's funny because people, we were talking about this earlier this morning where people will say, well, I don't like your book because you say blah, blah, blah. I never said, I never thought that. I've never said that. It's not in writing anywhere. Never, somebody said that about me and you believed them, you know? So it's just like, no, never said that, you know? <laughs> but it was one of those situations. I was at a conference and I was uh, talking to Dr. Alison Hildebrand and just, oh, just sitting at her feet, not literally, but just listening to her. And she was talking and she was expounding on the beauty of femininity and the God-given graces that that women have with our intuition and all the gifts that women are given and they all gear toward, and this is a woman who didn't have, wasn't blessed with children herself, but she said all these gifts that women have that are really geared toward motherhood, mm -hmm. you know, and, and well, well, how beautiful that is. And then she started talking about modesty and just the way, and I never use the word modesty. First of all, it's a hot button. So when you're talking to children, then do not use the word modesty. If you want to get anywhere, um, <laughs> yeah, that's like, you know, throwing the thing out there on the floor. Oops, that's my, my phone. I thought I muted it. Um, but you don't use that word. So anyway, she was talking about it and I said, wow, that, that should be your next book. And she laughed and she said, nobody's going to believe a gray haired old lady with your background in television and modeling and your experience and the people that you know, they'll listen to you you should write the book. Oh, wow. 
And I'm like, I don't want to write a book on modesty because that require <laughs> me to be modest, right? So I did what all of us do. I'm going to pray about it, mm-hmm. right? So I went to, uh, because the camp, where the conference was, there was a um, 24-hour chapel there with, uh, and so I went and prayed in front of the Blessed Sacrament. And, uh, you know, and I thought, okay, God, just tell me what to do. Give me some sort of sign, you know? And then I'd been kneeling and kneeling and kneeling. So I sat back down and, and as I, you know, reached back on the pew to sit down, there was a book there and I moved it out of the way. And I, I just looked down and it was the 40 dreams of John Bosco. And I went, interesting, never read the book. So I flipped through the book. Now who here's read it? You know how much modesty is in that book. I know now because I've read it, but I hadn't read it at the time. So I flipped through it. And the first thing that uh, the page opened to was in matters of modesty, there are no sins that are not mortal. I went, okay, best two out of three. So (laughs) I did it three times. And all three times when I flipped open the randomly flipped open the book and just kind of did the thing with my finger and then looked down, it was a a quote about dignity or modesty or um, something like that. So I said, you know, okay, I, I guess that's my three signs, right? Because you're, if you're waiting for a sign, you know, like you have behind you, <laughs> yeah. it, right? And so I thought, okay. And then I started researching in it and real, and I thought I was decently dressed, you know, I didn't think, you know, but then the more I researched it, I thought, you know, the, it's true what, and I think it's the quotes attributed to Muhammad Ali, but it goes back earlier than that, that the things that are precious in, in God's world that God created is are difficult to find pearls are in oysters at the bottom of the ocean gold is deep within the ground all of these precious jewels and things that are precious aren't just flaunted and and easily available and easily accessible and so when you relate that to the sacredness of a woman's body and and how she participates with god in creation mm-hmm. so when you are carrying a child within you you have two souls in your body, your soul and the soul of another person. This is a human being that, that you are carrying. And the awe that surrounds that, it's like a tabernacle. You know, I'm not saying we're tabernacles, but I'm just saying it's that sacredness. Mm-hmm. And there's reasons why the sacred things in our religion are veiled, they're concealed. It's because they are so holy, not that they're bad, not that they're dirty, not that they're, you know, um, but that they are beautiful. And I think Scott Hahn did the whole thing on when husbands and wives engage in an intimate embrace. It's a holy and sacred moment Mm -hmm. that they open themselves up to God to participate with them in creation. Mm -hmm. So there's so much beauty that surrounds um, our bodies and, and our relationships and uh, in, what, what a magnificent uh, call, you know, from Alice von Hildebrand. Uh, and I, I was always very grateful that uh, that you endorsed Motherhood Matters and that Alice von Hildebrand. So she affected uh, my life as well. I just wanted to pause a little bit and say hello to some of the folks here. Peggy, Dorothy, I remember how beyond thrilled you were to have Colleen speak at one of the first Dynamic Women of Faith conferences. Yeah, I was like, such a good time. <laughs> to me, Colleen like walked on water. I was so excited. Um, and uh, um, it's very hard, you know, doing all of this when um, there's no one around to support you. Um, oh, Peggy says, I'm remembering Colleen knows Mel Gibson. Do you know Mel Gibson? I worked with Mel. 
Okay. We're not like exchanging Christmas card buddies. <laughs> I was, um, yeah, that's another fun story that I won't get into, but um, I met him at, I was speaking at a conference at a Catholic conference in Chicago mm-hmm. at the Navy Pier. And he was when he was going around showing the preview showings of the Passion of the Christ. And through a series of miraculous occurrences, I was able to meet him and I wrote on the back of my business card that I was a Catholic. And so when I met him and handed him the card, I had put this little private note on the back of it. And for some reason, he flipped it over and he looked at me and he handed his card to Paul Lauer and said, put her on the marketing team. And that was it. <laughs> a, week, a week later, I was out in Santa Monica, California, working at Icon Productions, working on the marketing for The Passion of the Christ. And I did that for seven months. Oh, my and gosh. It would just be, you know, me, Mel, Jim Caviezel. Steve McAbee, <laughs> Paul Lauer, you know, just sitting in a room talking about marketing, you know, oh, just an God. everyday occurrence. Exciting, so, <laughs> exciting, exciting. Yeah, it really was, but he yeah, was a very I'm, good, very good man. Say, uh, hello to Grace from Maple Ridge in British Columbia. Uh, hello from uh, to Claude from Vaughn. Uh, hello to all of you. We've got three new messages. Um, yeah, so... Anyway, a big warm welcome to all of you. If you have any questions for Colleen, please be sure to put them in the chat box. Um, Colleen, so what does it mean to dress with dignity? What, what does that mean? Ah, that's a, wow, there's a like two, I wish I could have like one sentence for that. <laughs> <laughs> that's why I wrote a book. <laughs> 15 years ago, I really do want to update it, but um, I, I think it's understanding the dignity of the human person, both male and female. Mm-hmm. And I remember when I first came out with the book, um, 2004 was the first edition, 2005 is the second edition that's available now. And it was, um, they, they actually brought me, I was interviewed by MTV radio and they brought me on the show pretty much to mock me. And I remember my, I wasn't going to do it. And my husband said, are you willing to be a fool for Christ? He said, if one, what's the value of one soul? What if one person listening is impacted? Doesn't that make it all worthwhile? And I said, yeah, it does, I guess. So I guess I'll do it. So they kind of like asked that question, what does it mean to dress with dignity? So I'm like, ah. So I said, well, you know, it's understanding that men, because they were men that were interviewing me. I said, men are very attracted to the female form. And they were like, well, yeah, duh, you know. And I said, so when you're out on the road, I just turned it around on them. I said, when you're out doing speaking engagements or you're out meeting people and these young women are throwing themselves at you, how are they dressed? And when they walk up to you, what are you looking at and what are you thinking about? And they kind of like laughed and said, yeah, we're thinking about sex, you know, let's be, we're just looking at their boobs, you know? <laughs> and I said, yeah. And, and I said, and, do you hear much of what they're saying? And they laughed again and they said, no. And he said, one of the guys, after we had talked for a while, he said, you know, this really makes a lot of sense because when these girls come up to me, I'm married, I'm a happily married man, but it's hard because these girls will come up and say, you know, will you sign, you know, can I have your autograph? Yeah. Will you sign my boob? You know, it's like, what do you do? And he said, so I find myself just thinking as a married man, I don't want to be, you know, tempted or whatever but so i look at their eyes look at their eyes look at their eyes look at their eyes so i'm staring at their eyes so that i'm not looking at their body and i never hear a word they said so this was from a radio jockey at mtv 
So I said, you just proved my point. So the point is not that our bodies are bad. It's that they're so good. You want to look at them. So isn't it nice for me if I come with those parts a little bit more concealed, you know, so that you and I can engage in a comfortable conversation? And he said, absolutely. So it's about understanding the dignity of the human person, both male and female, and that God made men to be very attracted to women. And, you know, I, I've got to share a little bit of a, a, a personal story. I remember when I was in uh, high school and it just seemed like, you know, I was everybody's kind of like best friend and didn't have a boyfriend. And I remember, remember very, very distinctly uh, a friend of mine saying is, well, Dorothy, the problem is that you just don't dress sexy enough. You know, and there was a huge, huge movement, um, I guess, in the early 70s, 80s, which, you know, every single form of media was trying to push women and still is, you know, to look and be sexy. Like, let me get as much attention as I can. You know, if you want a boyfriend, if you want to be popular, you know, you've got to be sexy. And I'll, I'll never forget once I was delivering a corporate seminar and one woman came up to me and her skirt, I swear, was just just below her vagina. I, like, she was so short. And she kind of looked at me and said, you know, the problem is I'm not getting any respect at work. Can you, can you tell me why? And I was kind of like, oh. <laughs> How do we deal as mothers with this onslaught and I, I know I'm kind of going all over the place, but number one, why do you think there's been this rapid decline in, in women's fashions and, and what can a mother do to kind of, I don't know, be a security guard? <laughs> you know, yeah. Well, and Sally just addressed that in the comments talking about, you know, when you raise a daughter to dress modestly and then they get to that 16, 17, 18 years old, and then they're 18 and they leave the house. I have two daughters. They don't dress exactly how I wish they did, but they're adults now. They're 21 and 25. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we do the best we can to lay that foundation. Um, and then, the, but the culture has taken a, a drastic turn. Now, you know, we could look at a lot of different reasons why that is. We can say, you know, the devil's active. We can look back in the 1800s and know that Pope Leo was talking about um, the devil would be allowed 100 years reign and, you know, whatnot. Does that impact where we are in our lane right now in 2020, you know, but what can we do today, I think, is the bigger issue. Yeah, we are seeing this onslaught in the world, uh, but what we want to get back to, we want to get away from Madonna being a boy toy in the 80s. Um, and I think that's the 80s where this huge turnaround in our current culture, because really for all of human history, it's never really been an issue. You know, women, if you look at all, and I had a whole series that I did on the history of fashion. I think you can find it on my YouTube channel. I'm pretty sure it's still up. Let me give you a link to my YouTube channel. Um, but the, um, the history of fashion has never been a problem. Women for thousands of years of, of human history have had like higher necklines, either three-quarter sleeves or long sleeves and skirts to the floor with a defined waist. So, and usually something on their head. 
And it really wasn't until we got to the roaring 20s, kind of a little bit Victorian era, but still like the skirts were, now they were six inches from the ground. Ooh, sexy ankles, you know? Um, <laughs> I saw your ankle. Yeah, yeah truly. That, I mean, that's how attracted men are to the female form. And the sad thing now, okay, I'll, I'll just, well, I'll just throw this in here, then I'll go back. The sad thing now is because men have become so desensitized to the female form because they see it all over the place. They don't recognize it as being beautiful and sacred and wonderful to be shared with them and them alone. Now they just ogle, right? And they've lost the dignity of the human person because now they're looking at body parts mm -hmm. and they see a woman, they see body parts. They don't see her character, her wit, her charm, her intelligence. Mm -hmm. And that's what happens. There is a quote from the 1800s from, um, 1864, I believe it was. I usually don't give the year. I usually ask people to guess. But the quote was, when a woman cannot attract a man with her wit, wit and intelligence, she'll dress pr provocatively to attract a man. Ah. Oh. So that was in 1864. I mean, think about Civil War era clothing. I mean, it's, you know, there was a, <laughs> there was a lot covered. <laughs> so, um, but but yeah, you don't really see a change in clothing in all of human history until we really get to the roaring 20s. So then we went to the extreme flapper stage and then it bounced back, but it never really fully went back. So by the time you got into the 40s and 50s, you know, we still had three quarter sleeves and mid calf length skirts which by the way is the worst length because it makes your calves look fat, but that's another point. <laughs> um, so then we get into the sixties and we still, I mean, you think here in the United States, you think of president Kennedy and his wife, Jackie, Jackie Kennedy, Jackie Kennedy Onassis. And she always dressed so refinely in a hat, gloves, lipstick, you know, knees covered, waist defined, full length sleeves. Mm -hmm. And then you get into the rebellious 60s, uh, the late 60s, and then you have Twiggy. And so then you, again, we went kind of the roaring 20s thing, and then we bounced back a little bit, but not as much as we got into the 80s. So there's been this back and forth throughout the last 100 years. Our challenge now is there are a lot of beautiful clothing that we can get now, um, for example, if somebody wants to wear trousers, there's palazzos and they're very, very, very much in fashion right now. They are the, they're, that's what's going down the runway. They, these pencil jeans and skinny jeans and all that are out, which is good because for the most part, women have larger hips and then you have these little pencil, you know, and then you've got these little toothpicks with our large hips. And it's like, unless you got a skinny little booty, those don't really. So now we have nice trousers. So now's the time to buy these beautiful clothings and items because it is in fashion mm -hmm. and it'll swing back around. So it does swing back and forth. But I think when we're, we're working with our culture and our daughters and our sons that, um, you know, we don't let our sons go shirtless. We don't, we want them to have a sense of decorum. Mm -hmm. And that's why I, I entitled book dressing dignity. So we can be dignified so what are some uh, what are some things possibly that you know moms can do to inspire their daughters because uh, like and just based on your experience and what you've heard that like the dad's role in the whole thing because I can't tell you how many times my husband would be driving our daughter Monica to an event and he sees like he goes all of these fathers are dropping off their girls that look like hookers yeah. to a prom and he's like how is it that the father is allowing the daughter to you know 
And that's it right there. Hey, Bunny. Um, <laughs> I'm sorry, I just glanced down and saw a friend. Hi, Bunny. <laughs> um, but anyway, um, that's the situation right there. And so a lot of people are, they're like, oh, my 13 year old daughter, she just dressed so horribly. Where's she getting the money? Yeah. Who's buying her these things? Snap the wallet shut. Because at that age, see, the mom handles the emotional growth from birth to about 10, 11, 12. And then once those hormones kick in for both boys and girls, you know, that 12, 13 year old age, then it comes down to the dad. Now the dad takes over, the emotional life has been built mm -hmm. and, and, and founded and shaped and formed by the mother. So this is when the baby falls and scrapes their knee. Who do they go to? They go to mom because mom goes, oh, sweetie, come here. Let me get you make her feel better. And dad goes, yeah, scars, chicks take scars, right? And that doesn't work for a three-year-old. So, but once they get older, so then now they're, they've got that emotional foundation that you've given them with all that unconditional love and how you support them. And then once they get 12, 13 years old, now dads take over. Mom becomes Charlie Brown's teacher. Wah, 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 wah. They don't listen to mom anymore. They listen to dads. Uh -huh. And so the 100, and I do this at conferences all the time because I ask for dads to be there because mm -hmm. I call them on the carpet. Dads, this is up to you because you know how men think. Mm -hmm. We kind of try to understand. You kind of try to understand PMS. Mm -hmm. We kind of try to understand how men think. Mm -hmm. So you know how it works. So when the daughter says, comes down dressed in a certain way, dad goes, sweetheart, I love you. I love you. Go back upstairs and change. You're not leaving the house like that. Now, if they, if, and if you, they're asking you to buy them this stuff and you buy it for them because what's a mom and dad to do? It's in fashion. Well, right now it's not number one. Number two, who cares if it's in fashion? What's more important? Drawing yeah. the line and setting boundaries for your children in your home so that they, you know, cause aren't we forming souls for heaven? No. Or is it just like, I don't feel like arguing with my child. Well, so it's I, up to the dads. You know, and I, I think part of the problem is like right now, so many moms are running around haggard, right? Because they're getting up early in the, okay, I know we're in the middle of the pandemic, so things have changed a little bit, but like, you know, we're, we're leaving the house at the crack of dawn, we're working full time, then we're, you know, running to the local grocery store to pick up a chicken to serve for dinner. We are so exhausted, we are so haggard, that when it comes to discussing clothing, it's kind of like, I'm too tired, right? I give up, yeah, especially if it's an ongoing if, if it's an ongoing battle. Uh, now, <laughs> one person, you know, you know, one person asks here, like, and what are we supposed to do? Our, our daughters are now posting pictures of themselves in bikinis on Instagram and on social media. Um, do you have any comments about that, Colleen? Like, yeah, why do you, why are you allowing your children to have social media accounts when they're this young? <laughs> <laughs> um, I didn't allow my kids did I mean they pretty much had to leave home to get a social media account or a cell phone but well they got they got mobile phones because we had to pick them up at schools and that kind of stuff you know that was a you know and it's different now than it was even five years ago or ten years ago and my youngest is 21 they they're 21 23 25 and 27 but um, yeah you have to monitor all your I mean it's a full-time job to monitor your children's social media number one number two guess what they have accounts that you don't know about that aren't in their real names 
So you have to be really careful about that as well. So not only are you monitoring their accounts, you, you know, you should probably have their passwords and who's paying for that mobile phone anyway. That's truly your phone and you're paying for the plan. So there's ways to go onto your phone plan and find out, you know, where they are, what they're doing. I mean, but that's sure a lot of modern monitoring and, or unless you just say you can have one account and the U S and Australia are about to shut down TikTok. So, you know, know, that's, yeah, I was reading that yesterday, uh, last night and this morning. So, I mean, you have to be really careful because I see my daughter's girlfriends who are in their twenties and the pictures that they poke post the pictures that they post online and even my daughters are like oh bless her heart yeah i know and she's really looking for attention you know one thing i don't understand now is this tendency now for girls to be wearing those kind of bikinis where you can see their entire butt you know oh the thongs yeah on a beach i do not want to have dental floss between my cheeks i just don't understand the comfort level on that either so So, okay so uh, i guess just in terms of some practical tips so you know one practical tip might be to have a conversation with uh, your your husband so that he's online you know with you and he's making an active uh, he's he's taking an active role in it uh, a number two is like not to buy those kinds of, th- not, not to buy that type of clothing. Um, number three is to do more moni- monitoring. Uh, I, I do think it's important to have just good old conversations, you know, um, and to remind our daughters that fashion hasn't always existed like this. And, and uh, do you have any ideas on how we might actually be able to inspire our daughters? Like, are there any women um, now that you know of that uh, actually are a good role model that we can point to? Yeah, the thing is, you know, there are plenty. You can talk about um, the Duchess of Cambridge, Kate Middleton. I mean, she's she's a prime example of how she dresses and if you go back to how she dressed at st andrews and and in college and you know that kind of stuff that uh a little bit different than she dresses now as a royal Uh Uh, but you know i was blessed um a few years back to work with a female conservative female who ran for president here in the united states um because i say i work for the woman and everyone thinks it was hillary clinton and i'm like no it wasn't hillary clinton but um but I, I work with a lot of um, uh, politicians and attorneys and people, yeah, heads, of, heads of state and that type of thing. Um, I can't use their names because I have a non-disclosure agreement with them, but uh, just think high-level politicians. And this is how they dress. So when you really look in, at women who are in positions of authority, so you look at... Um, uh, oh, her name escapes me. Anyway, any of the political, the female political leaders in Europe, you look a lot at a lot of the senators here in the United States. You, you can look at Kate Middleton. When you look at women of power and authority, they're not dressed like Kim Kardashian. No, no, and not at all. And and, and so having those kinds of conversations with our, our daughters is extremely important. Yeah. Um, I remember once getting into, I don't know, I guess like a cat fight with a a woman online because she had posted that she had taken 
her daughter to a Lady Gaga concert. And then another woman had um, mentioned that she had taken her, you know, daughter to a Madonna concert. And, you know, I, I made the case that she was morally culpable because yeah. she was actually encouraging, you know, horrible behavior. And, you know, she thought I was a prude. You know, she thought I was yeah. a prude. And, and she ended up blocking me. And, and it is, I guess it's shocking to see Catholic moms, you know, liking those bikini pictures on Facebook. It's shocking for Catholic moms not to understand the, the gravity of it. Um, so Rema Celio says here, what is even more concerning are those provocative posts and yet parents are liking them. Yeah. Right. And so I think using Kate Middleton as an example, reminding mm -hmm. our girls that, you know, women who are in authority, women who are, you know, making a difference in the world and, and showing them any other well, and, and that's part that's part of it. Okay. Um, because you know, they're gonna say, Yeah, but I'm not the head of state. I want to go to prom. You know, it, it's, so you boil it down to that kind of thing. So, and it's a challenge because as soon as you point out someone in particular, and that's why Kate Middleton is safe because she's a royal and I know she's going to be required to dress this way pretty much always. Yeah. Um, but then you have things, there was a, a Emma Thompson. I remember her coming out and she said, I would never dress immodestly and I this and I that. And you look at her now, it's like, girl, apparently <laughs> you forgot what you said. Yeah. So it's hard to point out like a Hollywood starlet or something because they may be like Taylor Swift. Taylor Swift was really sweet, cute, modest, and, and not so much anymore. Not bad, but not so much anymore. So, you know, it's almost like you have to hunt and search for a recent type, you know, and, and don't do Billie Eilish because then your daughter will have green in the front and black hair in the back and she'll be dressed like a homeless person, you know, but so you just kind of have to look around um, and not in a judgmental way. It, it's more of, you know, bless her heart, you know. And, uh, you know, too, as Catholic moms, we also don't want to kind of be seen as, you know, mothers that are kind of prude and weird and, mm -hmm. you know, and all that stuff. How would you respond to, you know, Jennifer Lopez, who says that, Wow, you just haven't embraced your sexual, your healthy sexuality. <laughs> How do you respond to those women who honestly believe that it's a natural expression of our? How do you respond to that, Colleen? Uh, and Dina just said Courtney Tolliver. I'm not familiar with that. I know the name. I don't know who that is. Yeah, it's one of those like you know, if you got it, flaunt it, right? Mm -hmm. And um, that's that whole public philosophy of yeah, you got it, flaunt it. To whom? You know, it's fine if you want to flaunt it to your husband in private. And yeah, embrace your body and your sexuality in private with your husband. You know, um, let's, let's cut down on the PDA, you know, and how do you feel when people are making out in public? It's still a little bit oogie. It's like, get a room, you know, I mean, that's what we used to say, geez, get a room. Um, you know? <laughs> and it's just, you, you can look at somebody at a party that's slobbering drunk and they're, you know, making out in the corner and you think how inappropriate, but then somebody comes in half naked and Hey, if you got it, flaunt it. No, that's all for the privacy of the bedroom, you know? Um, and it's a good, holy, sacred thing there, just not in public, 
And so learning to teach our daughters their personal value, helping them grow in self-confidence, self-worth, and give them that confidence. And when they're dressed elegantly, beautifully, in a dignified manner, oh my gosh, you look like, and find someone like if she likes Princess Kate, if she, I don't know who Courtney Tolliver is, but thank you, Dina, I will check her out. Um, finding someone that you can, and sometimes it takes some looking around and finding good qualities. So you take Lady Gaga. I watched the uh, documentary on her, Five Foot Two, I think it's called, on Netflix. Raised Catholic. She's still, her whole family's very Catholic. Her mother doesn't approve of what she's doing and how she dresses. Yeah. It's hilarious. She goes, yeah, my mother doesn't like what I do, you know. Um, but when she's home, she respects her mom. She goes and stays with her mom. Her most recent album was dedicated to her grandmother who didn't approve of what she did and how she dressed because uh, her family is such staunch Catholics. Yeah, um, she went to a private Catholic school. Yeah. So, you know, I mean, um, you look and then you see all the charitable activities that she engages in and stuff. So I don't like to throw the baby out with the bathwater. So if my daughters were attracted to, and I can't think of an example off the top of my head, because like I said, they're 21 and 27. So I'm a good 10, 15 years past this, but they would like a certain somebody, you know, that they had seen. So I find out something good about that person. And say, you know, you know, Stephanie or, or Lady Gaga, she struggles with, I, don't, I forget what disease it is, but she's in pain a lot. And bless her heart, she still gets out there and performs. And look at all the activities that she's engaged in. That's amazing. You know, but that whole meat dress thing, I don't, I, she must have done that for publicity. I don't get it. But, you know, people in the public eye, sometimes they're pressured to do things and wear things that they really don't want to deep down inside. So if you can find, don't throw the baby out with the bathwater because as a teenager, they idolize these people. Mm -hmm. So if you can find something good about the person and then, you know, just kind of turn it around a little bit um, because we all have our positives and negatives about us. And, you know, and God still loves that person just as much as he loves us. So, yeah, yeah it's like, yeah, kind of like, and so it, it is, I think you're like bang on. It's, it's so important to, you know, be charitable when you're talking, um, yeah. you know, about these women. Uh, I'm going to just kind of switch channels a little bit because I can't believe it. It's like 10 to three. We've got 10 minutes left. Ah! <laughs> I know where did it go where did it go I'm and there I'm getting a number of questions is there a replay I'm assuming there is a replay well I, I there's there's a lot of uh, I am recording it um <laughs> but there's a lot of parts of technology I haven't figured out yet so just okay, <laughs> <laughs> but, okay. Uh, I, I want to ask you a question Colleen you bet um right now with the COVID pandemic, a, a lot of women are, you know, staying at home more than they've ever stayed at home. And whether you're working or not working, we're spending more time at home. And I, I want to kind of take a look at the journey of a woman and, and fashion. And I know that often when we're staying at home, I don't know about you, but sometimes we shower less, you know, when we're staying at home, sometimes we put on a little bit less makeup. Sometimes when we're staying at home, our hair gets a little greasier, right? And I think there's a real temptation, and I'm one of those women, you know, to kind of throw out the, the towel. And I think there's, like, I've had to face it myself, that like when our daughters are facing us, and our hair isn't washed and we don't have any makeup on and you know we are wearing leggings for the 10th day in the row and and 
you know, our husbands kind of look at the, you know, ourselves. And can you talk a little bit about the importance about the way a mother dresses and the ripple effect that it has? And I, I know you've got some great resources and I want you to share those resources with us. And I know you've got a special on it. Um, I do. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so, well, let me just throw this in there too, because um, I have a, um, a stay-at-home mom capsule wardrobe. Now this is normally, the sale price of this was 79. And so I developed a new sales button so that the people that are here can want get it for 27. So the link is now in the chat. Did I put a share it to all? Yes, I did. Mm -hmm. um, but the thing, there's, this is twofold. First of all, there's confirmation bias. So how we dress impacts how we think about ourselves. So mm -hmm. you feel better about yourself when you take a shower and you know, you get dressed up. They did a study where they gave people white jackets and some people they told them it was an artist coat. The other people they told them they were a doctor and then they tested them. The people who thought they were wearing an artist's smock scored better in creativity and all that kind of stuff. The people who thought they were wearing a doctor's jacket scored better in analytical skills. This is just straight across the board. The study's been done numerous times. So what you wear impacts how you think about yourself. It also impacts how other people think about you. Um, and so I've got this, this, oh, this will be good. This will be good for your girls too. This is the seven judgments people make about you in seven seconds. This is a good one and okay. it's a little freebie. So, um, but, um, so when, and, and when we're around our daughters, we're in the home, they see us 80 hours a day. I mean, they're, you know, or a week or whatever a day. Seems like 80 hours a day sometimes. <laughs> um, but they see us more often. And then if we're dressed one way at home, but we're telling them that when they go out in public, they have to dress a different way. There's a sense of incongruity there and disingenuousness that they pick up on. They're like, yeah, but you're wearing, you're wearing yoga pants. Why can't I wear yoga pants? They don't make the distinction in home, out of home. Mm -hmm. So how we dress at home, and I've had women say this to me all the time. Yeah, I wear. I, I just have to tell you, I, I yeah. just gotta double check my charger. So you keep on going. I'm just gonna <laughs> check something. Okay, hold it. You keep on going. <laughs> no problem. <laughs> you know me. Just put in a quarter. I'll go on for three hours. Um, but so yeah, you don't have to wear makeup. I stress skincare. Mm -hmm. Now, see, I have another interview after this, so I'm dressed for. Um, Los Angeles television after this. So, um, so I'm going to wear a little bit more makeup for a specific situation where I wouldn't in another situation. Most important thing is skincare. Mm -hmm. So teaching skincare is going to be a top priority, but um, yeah, so that, that, that freebie should be learn the seven judgments people make about you in seven seconds. And if you can show girls that people, a gut, a gut reaction in point two of a second Two tenths of a second, when somebody first looks at you, they determine whether they're going to trust you or not. Wow, that's uh, that's remarkable. Less than a second. Yeah, I got a couple of comments here. This is great. Uh, Peggy says, I did have that goal during the whole lockdown. Put in my contacts, put on some makeup, and get dressed <laughs> for the girls to see I had respect for myself and for them and for them exactly peggy you them. nailed it and, and karen this is a great comment i had an older brother who took it upon himself to tell me how men think thank god for him it was hard to hear but it saved me a lot um and and you know, the other thing if i could i talk about for you know i don't know how long but just the, the this hookup culture that seems to have 
permeated our culture, but we're not going to go there. We don't have the time. Um, so would you share some more resources with us, Colleen? What, what are some other things that you think that, uh, put them in the links, other programs that you think our moms might enjoy? Oh gosh, there's so many things. Um, you know, a lot of what I do, because dressing with dignity was why we should dress dignified, but my entire life has been uh, devoted to teaching women how to dress, that what colors are appropriate for them, what body type, and, and that type of thing. And, and I've been, you know, there's going to be critics all over the place and people are like, oh, you've abandoned dressing with dignity. No, this is part two. Yeah. Dressing with dignity was why. This is how. Exactly. You know, and I, I know that there's other people out there that teach, you know, oh, this is how you should dress for church. You know, make sure that, that your, your spaghetti, you know, spaghetti straps, make sure it's too, you know, I'm going by church guidelines. I don't make up my own rules when it comes to this kind of stuff. And I think Holy Mother Church has come up with specific guidelines for a reason. And they're really simple. No low plunging necklines. You know, try to keep your, knee, keep your knees covered. Try to have them covered when you're sitting down. Mm -hmm. um, nothing tight, nothing clingy, nothing sheer. And have your upper arms covered. And guess what? When I'm working with politicians, heads of state, CEOs, etc., exact same guidelines. Because to be taken seriously as a woman, that's how you dress. So when other people are saying this is modesty, they're using their own guidelines. I just stick with the church's guidelines and I teach from there because coincidentally, it's exactly what works and it's called natural law. <laughs> God created these laws and when the church recognizes them and says nothing tight, nothing clinging, nothing sheer, no plunging necklines, no you know skirts above your, way above your knees and then have your upper arms covered, how hard is that? Yes. <laughs> yeah, I saw those um, those guidelines posted when I went to visit the uh, Vatican. Um, yeah. Those are the guidelines that are they're posted. Uh, so there are some questions here. I work in a Catholic school and we need to dress appropriately to be good role models. Yep. Um, someone's asking here, what do you do in the good old fashioned Texas heat? What do you think about tank tops? What are your thoughts? Um, I live in Texas. It's 105 here. You know, I mean, the heat index today, I think is 111. So I would not wear this blazer out. You know, this is the, the shirt that I have on underneath. I think it's a, I don't know what it is. I think it's short sleeve. Yeah, it's a short sleeve. Um, so, I mean, there are, there are ways to wear something lightweight because guess what? It's 111 outside. I'm not outside. I have air conditioning. So, I mean, I don't get it when people say, oh, it's too hot outside. Well, yeah, but you're going to be outside for 11 seconds when you walk from your car into the air, the air conditioning from your car into the air conditioning of the house. Now, I don't keep it 70 degrees in the house, you know, so... I am dressed, and guess what's cooler than anything on this planet? A dress, because pure airflow from top to bottom, not to be indelicate, but pure airflow. So don't wear a tight dress, wear a nice loose dress. Linen is the best, although it wrinkles cotton. Um, you can get a cotton, you know, even a cotton spandex mix. So it's like 85% cotton or, you know, or 95% cotton, 5% spandex. And it's just gonna be a little bit, it's not gonna wrinkle, and it's gonna be a little bit more comfortable and it's cool. Yeah, and I, I know we're kind of jumping all over the place. We've only got a, a few minutes left, but I, I did want to share with all of you, and you know, these are not Catholic books, but I found myself reading and reading of reading a lot when I was raising a daughter, my daughter. One book I found very helpful, Reviving Ophelia, 
uh, Queen oh. Bees and Wannabes, another great book. You're wearing that? <laughs> <laughs> I've never seen that one. Uh, this book was fantastic. Um, the Odd Girl Out. I always, you know, said to my daughter, really? I do want you to be different. And I, do you, I don't want you to be like just everyone out there. Uh, mm -hmm. Another great book was uh, Bringing Up Girls by uh, mm -hmm. James, uh, uh, Dr. James Dobson. I found that raising a daughter in this culture, you know, I I wanted her to be confident and I wanted her to, I always said, you know, you can be a BMW or you can be a beat up old Ford, you know, when it comes right. to the way that you dress. And so right. um, just to, and any kind of closing thoughts, Colleen, that as we're kind of... I'm so glad we had this time. Uh, <laughs> oh, God, it went so, so fast. Every time we're together, it goes by fast anyway. But um, I just remember we were in the car and your husband was like, oh my gosh, you guys are two peas in a pod. <laughs> it was like words were crashing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, you, know, you know what I love about you, Colleen? Is you really helped me very personally because I've always mourned that I'm not quiet and shy. <laughs> and sweet and demure and gentle and i never thought i was feminine because i'm like dorothy right? <laughs> and, uh, and you really helped me affirm my, my personhood so your god-given personality yeah you know, it's we're not all called to be in the public eye we're not all called to write computer programs we're not all each of us have been given a gift by god and you know, and I do, I get around some of these very soft-spoken, very holy, you know, and I'm like, you know, doggone it, I'm pretty holy too. I'm just a little bit more vocal. So, but yeah. No, and I, um, I, I uh, gosh, everyone knows that I, you know, I fell in love with you then and I'm falling in love with you all <laughs> over again. <laughs> uh, we've got nine new messages. Oh my gosh. I know. That's okay. So somebody wants the, the garments. Okay. So Susanna, um, oh, hey. Oh, and just if you go to the um yeah and i have that yeah sarah do you have the link sarah <laughs> um hi sarah yeah the seven judgments people make about you in seven seconds that will like then you'll get an email back from me for that and then you can reply to that email and then i can send you because we we are putting together a pdf at the top five garments that every woman should own. Colleen, someone's asking if you could post uh, a, the Dressing with Dignity Facebook page. So I don't know if okay. you can access to that, maybe post. You know what? I should be posting some of our stuff. I so funny. You know what? I don't really know how to do it, but uh, for some of you, if you could, uh, please visit our website at Catholic momsgroup.com you're so good at promoting yourself i forget not to do it myself <laughs> but anyway i am really hoping that somebody here is um it's going to be called to start a mother's group I am really hoping that someone here will, you know, follow us on Instagram. I'm really hoping that someone here will follow the uh, I Love My Catholic Moms Group Facebook page as well. If you feel called, we do depend on donations. So please, um, you know, make a donation if you can. Well, and not only that, if I can make a plug for you from, um, from my point of view, you know, St. Paul told Titus, 
that, and I forget where it is in the Bible, but trust me, he said it, <laughs> that it's, it's, it's an obligation. You know what? I might actually have had it pulled up. Oh, here it is. Titus 2, verses 4 to 5. Paul said to Titus, I knew, oh, yeah that older women should train the young women to love their husbands and children, to be self-controlled, pure, working at home, kind and submissive to their husbands, that the word of God may not be reviled. So St. Paul calls upon the older women generation, you know, so we don't have children in the home right now. Should we not be the ones leading and helping the younger generation to embrace this holy vocation of motherhood? Yes. And, and to, because you know what, it's, it's a hard, lonely road out there. And we need to be helping each other and, and supporting each other and lifting each other up. Um, that's why I, I get so sad when I get on Facebook and women are attacking other women. Doggone it. We're having a hard enough time out here as it is. Let's support each other. Let's encourage each other. When somebody has a win, let's applaud, mm. you know, and, and lift each other up. So, um, yeah, I, I do hope women here that are watching, just get involved, do something and see if you can either start a group or support a group. Or if there's nothing in your ear and you can't do, make a donation. Yeah. Just make a donation so that other people can can get a group started. And, and Dorothy can send them materials to help them out. Maybe they can't afford the materials, but with your donation, Dorothy can help them get something started. Yeah, and, you know, we have, I still have to send a copy to Colleen, but we've got this beautiful publication. That's um, lovely. Full color on how to start a Catholic mom's group. Uh, we've got a lot of them in storage and we'd love if you bought a couple. <laughs> yeah, really. <laughs> <laughs> we also have a, uh, a study guide uh, with 52 <laughs> different lessons uh, for different mothers groups. What drives me crazy, and I know it's time to go because it's 301, but what drives me crazy is when Catholic moms are going to mops to start a mother's group. I'm like, we have Catholic materials. We've got a Catholic mother's group starter kit. Um, you know, the, the whole process ha is duplicatable. I always say it doesn't take rocket science to start a mom's group. Um, or two or three are gathered in our name. It doesn't take a lot of people either. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. So um, anyway, uh, Colleen, as always, it's such a blast to spend time with you. Uh, it's such a gift. You know, people are asking, oh, you know, is Colleen going to come back? Is Colleen going to come back? I, I hope <laughs> that we can have you back sometime. Yeah, maybe when the, when the mask um, things are lifted. <laughs> I actually had one in here and I can't reach it, but I had a mask. I was going to start with a mask on and then I, it's out of reach. It's way over there. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know that you're, I'm just in closing because I, I, I want to be respectful of everybody's time. Yeah. Um, but I know, Colleen, that your, your daughter had COVID. Any kind of thoughts on how are you dealing with COVID? Just a couple of closing thoughts. Yeah, it, it was, she had it really, really bad. <laughs> and it was scary. And it was before they knew the, all the information had really come out. So she had it and they sent her home because they were confused. They said, well, we have no idea what this is. What's the, with the fever and the lungs and the, I, it's kind of presenting as a virus, but we don't know. So they sent her home and they said, it's a virus that'll run its car seven to 10 days. Two weeks later, she was worse. And so at that point, all the news was started to come out and things started to close down. It was mid-March. Um, 
and she came down with it at the end of February. So uh, February 28th, we backtracked it. So yeah, it was a very difficult time. And so I know a lot of people are, oh, it's a hoax. It's this, it's that. It's a very real disease. Nobody else in my family got it. We apparently wow. are immune to it um, because I thought it was just the flu. At the t at, so we, I just took care of her. And we have babies in the home and you know that type of thing that she was dealing with as well. Um, nobody in our family other than my oldest daughter got it, but it took her over a month to get really out of bed. Oh my gosh. Um, and now here we are how many months later and she still has, she gets a little paranoid every time she coughs. Um, and then my other daughter's boyfriend uh, tested positive and got it. And then almost his entire family went down and all of us were exposed to him and none of us got it um, from him. Wow. So we've been very blessed uh, that my oldest was Darcy was the only one that really came down with it. Mm -hmm. um, and I'm just like, well, you know, for, plus we homeschooled. So we're kind of used to staying at home anyway. But for me, it's just, you know, wear a mask. And, you know, there's a lot of people saying it's my civil right to, you know, run red lights or whatever. I don't know. You know <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, it is. But you know what? You're not helping anybody by running red lights. Uh, so just, you know, put a little mask on before you go into the store. Why not? You know, it's not going to hurt. And it's only for a couple of minutes. It's kind of like wearing a sleeve in 105 temperature here in the States, or which would be what, about 33 you know, Celsius for y'all. But um, yeah, I mean, just, I do, just speak, just speak prudence. And God only knows why this is happening. It's outside of any of ours control. Yeah, it is. God has allowed it. This is our current situation. And life from here on out is going to be a little bit different. Just like after 9-11 and all that, it's been different for us. And yeah. life's going to be a little bit different. There's nothing we really can do about it except for pray and remain joyful. And Now, you know, Colleen, I know I keep on saying this is the last question. This is the last question. But this really is the last question. <laughs> Uh, you know, one thing that drives me crazy is like when people are kind of like victims and sad and depressed forever, right? Like you, you, we've all met women that just seem like permanently, you know, negative and whatever. Um, I know in the last little while you have battled cancer. You have lost your mom. You, your daughter's had COVID. You've been in a, you know, serious car accident. Yeah. And bada boom, bada bing, look at you. <laughs> you know, like, tell us about your mindset or tell us about your resilient strategy. Like, how is it that you just keep on, you know? Like, <laughs> it's like one of those punching bag things it's like the, you know you just punch it and it goes down and it pops back up again that's what a friend of mine said he goes you're like one of those little punching bags you know you just kind of <laughs> weebles wobble but they don't fall down but uh, to me it's you know I, I choose to focus on the positive it's funny because a couple of days ago I actually did uh, here's my Facebook video on that five ways to remain self-motivated which you didn't know about but anyway <laughs> um, but that's something I did a couple of days ago on my Facebook live show um, and, and just talked about, you know, how you remain looking and uh, God has allowed it. And the thing is, is that when, when you focus on the past, that's depression. 
because you, you tend to think about the past and you think about negative things. And, and then when you start focusing too much on the future, that's when you get anxious and stressed out about things. Right. The joy is the God-given moment that we have right now together. Mm-hmm. And we are so focused on the past and the future that we forget about the beautiful things that are right here and right now in front of us. And so I think if we have to, if we're faced with a situation, we need to pivot and make some changes. Mm-hmm. And I think it was Einstein that said insanity is doing the same thing and expecting over and over results, and over right? Um, and then spending time with people that make you feel good like this. I always feel good when I'm with you. I love doing those. When you ask me to be on, I'm like, yeah. <laughs> so um, I want to be around people who, I don't want to leave and go, you know, I just don't like people who wallow. Um, and unfortunately, sometimes they're in our own family or we're married to them, you know, but um, <laughs> so there's a situation with that, but you want to spend time with people that feel, make you feel good. Give yourself some TLC. Um, you can't pour from an empty cup. So make sure that you are filling yourself spiritually, mentally, physically, uh, emotionally, and keeping yourself ready um, and, and being grateful. And there's that saying that if you woke up tomorrow morning, with only, or if you woke up this morning only having the things that you were grateful for last night before you went to bed, what would you have today? Mm-hmm. So being able to sit down and focus on the beauty of clean water <laughs> and air conditioning and, you know, just being, and just filling yourself up with the love and joy and peace of God and being grateful for the gifts because who knows? I mean, I was in a car accident, broke my back. I was laid up for almost a whole year, sprained my spine, had severe uh, concussion, post-concussive syndrome. And I had to be off all screens, televisions, phones, everything for a minimum of six months. Um, and I used that time to read books and you know, try to build relationships and and do other things. So yeah, there's some pivots that need to be made. Um, But I think sometimes people just want the attention. So they complain because they want people to say, oh, bless your heart. Let me give you a hug, you know? Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, You know, I think it brings it back full circle. I think very often our daughters who are dressing immodestly, all they want is some attention. All they want is some affection. All they want is someone to recognize them. And so with everybody is being as busy as we are, are we taking the time to affirm one another in our own families? So anyway, in closing, I keep on thinking, you know, God is, knows about this pandemic. He certainly didn't make the pandemic happen, but he knows about it. And we're all now spending more time within our own four walls. And that's not all bad. You know, that's not all bad. So um, I wanted to thank each and every one of you who came on today. Thank you, Vicenta. Thank you, Karen. Thank you, Claude. Thank you, Christina. Thank you, Rema. Thank you, Cam. Thank you, Denise. Um, Thank you all, each and every one of you for joining us today. Uh, Love you very much. Please know that uh, after the session is over, I'm going to be praying a rosary uh, for all of you. I usually pray the rosary ahead of it, but today I kind of got, just yesterday was a crazy day. Um, So instead, I'm going to be praying uh, after the session for you in hopes that whatever graces that you've received, that, uh, that they stick. 
Um, please visit uh, Colleen's website, www.colleenhammond.com. Please visit our website, www.catholicmomsgroup.com. Or if you like, you can also visit, oh, I'm going to get really fancy now. Watch this, dorothypilarski.com. <laughs> <laughs> There you go. <laughs> oh, thank you, thank you. Because I, I, I'm not as good and fast and sophisticated <laughs> as uh, Colleen is, but I, I love her to pieces. Um, thank you, Colleen, for today. It was uh, wonderful um, chatting with you, seeing you, yeah, and hopefully you we can have you back. And I'm definitely going to sign up for one of your courses. You just have to tell me which one. <laughs> <laughs> Tell me which one and how to do it, and I'll do it. There you go. Uh, so anyway, I wanted to say goodbye to all of you. And uh, I know some people said, you know, you ended that last meeting so abruptly. So I tried to make it a gradual close, but it is 312, so pretty soon. And we didn't get to Susanna's question about swimming. So okay. sorry about that, Susanna. Someone asked about swimming. So what are your yeah. thoughts there? Uh, it's a hot button. <laughs> <laughs> Don't swim. No, no, joke. <laughs> yeah, it's, you know, I mean, there's still bathing suits that you can get that aren't going to make you look like, um, like a, you're in a burka, you know? Yeah. So, um, yeah. you know, you can, you can use some beautiful tankinis and some, there's a lot of skirted swimsuits out there and, you know, we have a pool, so we never go to public beaches. Um, but that's going to be a, a mom and dad, you know, that's different in every family. Yeah, um, it is. And I have strong thoughts on it, but um, like Bunny, Bunny says, Land's End has some. And um, yeah, there's different places that you can shop based on where you're at with your journey. And some people are going to be more comfortable with one thing or another. Yeah. And, you know, we're all in different places, yeah. uh, you know, in this journey. I think the fact, you know, we've all got to be just striving, right? Striving, striving, striving. So, um, Colleen, thank you very much. Hopefully, you'll come back someday to our little, um, you know, virtual mothers groups. Um, it was a joy having you. I love you to pieces. Love and uh, I'm going to say, on, on the, I'm going to say adios, dovidenia, goodbye, um, ciao, and uh, I'll see you all soon. Okay, <laughs> bye now, bye bye. I'm having. <laughs> okay, okay. <Yeah. laughs> Love you.